0: Let me make a huge prediction right here. I take Miami to beat Milwaukee Bucks in the next round.
1: You, you think Miami is going to beat Milwaukee? Okay, okay, wait, wait. I don't think you personally watch any of the Miami games. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Stir Fry Pod. James here, and we are recording from our home base in Vancouver, BC. Just want to shout out to our listeners from all over BC, Ontario, Quebec, California, Ohio, Michigan, and Hong Kong. We appreciate y'all.
1: Hi, this is Cyrus, forever the, the, the Rose and Haters. Hey, and this is Will, and this episode of the Stir Fry Let It Fry podcast is brought to you by Haley Giselle Skincare and their all natural caviar collection. Be naturally beautiful.
2: Okay, guys, we are almost through the first round of the playoffs, Uh, so the way it's shaping up right now, just a quick recap of the series, we have Milwaukee Bucks standing at 3-1 over the Orlando Magic, we have the Miami Heat advancing past the Pacers after sweeping them. Uh, the same goes for the Boston Celtics sweeping the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors sweeping the Brooklyn Nets. So the way the East semis are shaping up is you've got uh, the winner of the Milwaukee-Orlando series and then they're going to play Miami. And then the other side of it is going to be Boston and Toronto. Over out west, we've got the Lakers up 3-1 against the Blazers, the Rockets 2-2 against the Thunder, Uh, Denver down 1-3 to the Jazz, and then the Clippers and the Mavs even at two games apiece. Okay, so we've got a lot to recap today with the whole NBA landscape. A lot's been going on. Uh, Why don't we start with some of the more notable things about what the playoff series wrapping up means for some of these teams. We can talk first about the Sixers, and then we'll talk about the other teams that have been ousted. Um, so guys, the Sixers lost to the Celtics for
0: nothing. Uh, what's your take? So we don't trust the pauses anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, I <Right>. mean, <laughs> at this point, like, so the 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 Sixers were playing without Ben Simmons. Right. Right. Their lineup was basically Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Tobias Tobias Harris, Jason Richardson, and Shake Milton. I think. Um, and so, like, from that team was clearly not good enough to beat the Celtics, and they just let go of their coach Brett Brown. Uh, so, is it even worth running the team back again with Ben Simmons next year? Are they going to be any better? Uh-huh.
1: So, I mean, the overall reaction with last year's Philadelphia is they have to trade one away, and when Elton Brand took over, I think he decided to splash the cash. Um, and and instead of signing Butler because he was on his way out, regardless, in my opinion, um, they they want to give it one one last shot, which I think is like two years too late already. Um, and obviously, it backfired. And with the improved Boston Celtics, uh, because of the minus of the uh, of Kyrie, I don't think. I think most people, even with Ben Ben Simmons uh, in the lineup, I don't think that um, that people expect philadelphia to win but i was just really surprised on how they were basically toyed with during the whole series yeah
2: i was not expecting a sweep at least i expected uh philadelphia to win one game in fact i even thought that they might even go farther than the first round right um I mean, one game with Joel Embiid over Daniel Tice. I thought that Joel Embiid could dominate one game, just take it over. But that just never happened. It seemed like they had an answer for him. And it's not just that... I like that mindset because we're not just taking away from the Sixers, right? We got to give credit to the Celtics because they played really well.
0: And uh, one player that I have to point out is actually to Boris Harris. So he got paid really a lot of money. But he re- is in this series, he is really underperforming. Yeah,
2: that was Jimmy Butler's money, right?
0: Right. Uh, and
2: like Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, Ken, Kemba Walker. Right. They all play pretty well, so kudos to them. Okay, uh, so probably we're going to see, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Cyrus? Do you think that they are going to run it back with the two superstars and just a
0: different coach? So based on what I saw today in, on Facebook, uh, the 76ers GM Saying they are not going to chase away Ben Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid, they are trying to keep the core. But uh, I think we have talked this over and over again in our previous episode. Are we these two per these two player, the style of play are uh, can really match together. So in my opinion, if they really stick together another year, I don't see uh, it's gonna work.
1: Well, I think that. Actually, the Embiid's style of play is really going extinct in the NBA. People say he dominates on both sides of the floors. But then once you get to the playoff, you have to be consistent. And which Embiid doesn't show. I think Benzeman does show consistency when he actually plays. But he gets hurt. Now we're talking about not Embiid getting hurt. Benzeman always gets hurt now. And that's really hurting them because we're talking about two players that really doesn't gel too well together. And when one of them goes down, shouldn't the other one flourish? Which they are not doing.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, the, the fit between the two players has never been great. And the other thing is, if you're looking at the structure of their team, it sounds like they really need, like, a ball handler slash a guy who can kind of take over in the clutch. That mm-hmm. was Jimmy Butler. Right. Right? And then they let that guy go because they thought that Harris was perhaps a better compliment to their stars. Um, and it's just not been the case this year. So, I mean, I say, you know what? You never get the equal value for stars that you trade away, but it may be time to just look into trading one of them away.
0: But if, if, if it's not working, why keep on trying?
2: Yeah, that's right. right. And I think, okay, so if you're the GM, if you're Alton Brand, right, do you give a new coach a year's worth of try? to make these two guys work? Or would you just start fresh with only one of the two guys?
1: What I would do is actually give the new coach a, a year to try. Yeah. And if if it doesn't work, I'll blow up the team. Yeah. Like yeah. OKC did last year. Yeah. And you know, trade and beat and Simon for six first round pick total. And just keep the remaining guys. And if someone wants Hartford or Tobias Harris, great. If not, then we'll just keep them. They, I think they still are, I think they can actually make the playoff without Ben Simmons and Embiid. Right. You're going to add a little bit pieces too, right? You're going to get some salary filler and things like that. You're going to be competing like a 7-8 seed. Why not? Okay. So let's talk about the
2: other series that finished, uh, Miami and Indiana. So Miami beat the Pacers 4 nothing. Uh, They were, I would say, like pretty... They had a pretty strong showing. Right. right. Like coming into the series, I was most excited to see the Jimmy Butler, TJ Warren matchup. Right. right? And Butler did not always shoot the best percentage, but he got to the free throw line a lot. He put his fingerprints all over the games. And you could see Goran Drogic was playing really well. Okay. So as a whole, that team... It, it's it's very much emblematic of the new NBA, right? You right. have a lot of perimeter switchable, ball handlers, playmakers, and guys who shoot a lot of threes, which means for the potential winner, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who's going to face them in the next round,
0: right? I think that's going to be trouble for Milwaukee. Let me make a huge prediction right here. I take Miami to beat... Milwaukee bucks in the next round
2: you, you think Miami is going to beat Milwaukee
1: okay. okay wait wait, I don't think you personally watch any of the Miami games <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I did not watch a, uh the
0: any miami game this uh this uh, in the first round, but I watched a little bit of Milwaukee series though okay, not as dominant as I think as people think. So but it's
1: about matchup
0: though no. Well, maybe, but shouldn't the Bucks be dominating the Magic right from the get-go? I think that after the first game, they are dominating. I guess so. I guess they have been. They've I... been winning by like fifteen no, twenty. No, I, wa- I watched the game yesterday. Uh, up to maybe end of third period, third quarter, they are not dominating. Yeah,
1: just tell me who's gonna guard Giannis in in Miami. Bam. Yeah,
0: probably Bam.
1: But but here here's my thing.
2: Like, I think that with the Bucks, it's not so much about Giannis. Like, Giannis is a given. I think Giannis is going to give you points, rebounds, assists, blocks, everything. It's more about who's number two, and if he, that number two is going to show up. And I think, for the most part, like, Middleton has been not as, per, uh, didn't, hasn't performed as well as we would think.
1: I would say they don't really need him to perform as much. But against the Heat? You like do do you think Middleton really needs to step up? No, obviously if against the Heat or uh um against the potential opponent uh between Raptors and Boston, of course he has to step up and I think he will to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like I'm more of like um Middleton advocate, but I don't think he's like a he's I think he's a borderline all-star and that's all that's all he's going to be. So you don't think that the Bucks need more like I don't think they can get more. Mm, okay. Just because of the salary cap, I think they are pretty much doing what they could by showing Yanis that, okay, you want your, 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 your two to be here. We will give him as much money as we could to keep him here. But that's pretty much it. it at the end of the day, Milwaukee is a small city. They are not going to attract high profile free agent unless they are being attracted by Yanis. But right now, they have made the decision that I'm going to sign Middleton, I'm going to re-sign Bledsoe, going to give Brook Lopez some money. They are tied up. They are done as far as that team is concerned. So they have to work with what they have.
0: Let me ask you too, which team has more better three-point shooter, Miami Heat or Milwaukee Bucks? Milwaukee Bucks.
2: Really? Yeah, I think so. Don't the... So the Heat have Robinson and... Um, uh, Dragic. Dragic. and uh, the other uh, hero, Tyler Ke- Hero.
0: And Kendrick right? Nuns. Uh
2: Nunn's not getting as many minutes. Oh, right now? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, which I mean I'm fine with because, you know, rookie, right? Okay. And then you have all these veteran minutes. But I think what the Bucks strategy is, is they're trying to stop points in the paint. Okay. And what they're giving up is three-point shots. Which is exactly what Miami doing. Which is exactly and- what I think Miami can cover with. Um for four, four, just FYI. Um, this year, uh, Eric Bledsoe's uh, playoff performance, he has been shooting 23% from threes. Um, overall, 44% shooting uh, at about 26 minutes a game. Uh, he's about 12 points, uh, four rebounds, and maybe six assists.
0: And another reason I don't I don't think picked, that's enough. And another reason I picked Miami Heat is because of Jimmy Butler. He has that the guts and the killer instinct to beat Milwaukee Bucks
1: so- yeah I mean if it's a close game I would put the money on 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 Miami too but then over the course of the season Milwaukee doesn't really have to show the, the they have to win in the clutch because they were so dominating both sides of the floor but in the playoff it's gonna it's it's, it's really gonna be a test
0: yeah
2: okay um, so let's talk about the other teams that have already lost. So let's talk about the Nets. Uh, let's talk about the Pacers. So the Pacers, we've talked about, you know, uh, they're sort of a shell of themselves. They're missing quite a few players. They're missing Sabonis, who was their all-star from this year, like a legit all-star interior your right. presence. Uh, Warren stepped it up, but who he was kind of playing well for was um, Victor Oladipo. So Oladipo was not at 100%, clearly, right. uh, during the season's playoffs. There was even some talk before the bubble game started about will he or won't he be playing. He ended up playing, um, and basically he didn't really quite give the production that the Pacers needed. So heading into next year, like what do you think? Should there be some kind of remaking of that roster, or should they just try and get everybody healthy and go on?
0: So uh, one player in Indiana that uh, we always talk about, is that it has been a couple of years, is Miles Turner, right? Mm-hmm. So we expect that he will be an all-star at least. But uh, unfortunately, uh, his potential disappoint me at least because he, with his size, his skill set, he's not that dominated in the game. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, Indiana lose a bonus in this series. Uh, That's a huge, huge loss and huge uh, disadvantage in this series. And uh, and all depot just came back from injury, so we can't expect much from him. But the good thing is they. Uh, the Borton is actually playing really well in this series, right?
2: Yeah, so Brogdon played well. Oladipo is at this coming summer or this coming whatever signing period is up for a contract extension okay. because after next year, so 21-22 season, he's okay. a free agent okay. that summer. Um, So one of the questions that's been making its way around the NBA circles is, well, should they offer Oladipo an extension? If so, what should that extension look
0: like? So before you say that, James, actually we have to add a statement, will other teams offer a contract to Oladipo? Yeah.
2: And I think it's still the same question, right? Because right now what you're trying to do is you're trying to gauge the value of a player who's coming back from a pretty severe injury. Right. Right. Um, And then keeping in mind sort of his age, keeping in mind sort of his history, like there's a lot of different things to factor here. So I guess it all comes down to if you were the Pacers or maybe even another team with cap space, would you give Oladipo the max?
1: If I were the pacer, I'm going to structure the contract similar to the MB contract. You have incentive for playing as many games. Obviously, you'll be sacrificing what if he plays games and he doesn't perform? But that's that's the risk that you have to take, especially in a small market like Indiana. Yeah. So that's a really good point and a great idea. So right now, Oladipo is 28, which means
2: by the time he hits like a full free agent market and when his next contract kicks in, he'll be like 29-30. So if you're going to give him sort of that reverse max where it's more front-loaded, there's a lot of like considerations of, oh, you need to be healthy, X, Y, Z. That makes sense because he's going to be aging after that. And he is the kind of player where there is some reliance on athleticism for him.
1: I think he's a, a good enough three-point shooter or a mid-range shooter mm-hmm. that even if he loses that part of the game, he can still perform as long as he, still ha- he stay healthy for a prolonged period of time.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Will, what do you think? What adjustments do the Pacers need to make with their roster uh, going forward?
1: I, I actually don't think that they, they can do much. I think they are pretty much maxed out. And, and um, frankly, I think they lucked out on the Depot because of Paul George forcing their way out and you got uh, uh, um, fide um, all-star in Oladipo pre-injury and you have a Symbolis. That's a pretty good trade if you ask me. But at this point, if they're not willing to splash out the cash to go over the cap, I don't think they're going to hit top three in the East anytime soon.
2: Yeah, and that was one of the issues. So allegedly Paul George left because they weren't willing to fork out the extra money and sign like really, really good players, right? Right. Um so I guess that bears, you know, time will tell. Okay, let's move on to the Nets. So really the question here is are the Brooklyn Nets just a team that were waiting for their stars to come back? Or do we want to see any kinds of adjustments with them?
1: I I personally think that they re- they made a really big uh, error on how they handled this bubble Because they knew that Kyrie was hurt And Durant wasn't playing And a lot of players decided to not play Like uh, uh, Trevor Reaser uh, Yeah, so yeah. Instead of instead of testing out the D-League uh, they, they turned into signing Crawford And signing Beasley, right, I think Mm-hmm why like you weren't gonna win you weren't really gonna try why are you signing old players that likely they are not coming back next year but instead you don't try out the d-league players that might turn out to be uh, diamond in the rough i think that's a, a really bad decision on their end
2: that's a good point. It could have been a great chance to really develop some of your players and to see what you have. It was really weird watching their games against the Raptors because you just see a bunch of guys who like are basically no-name players, like taking like shots that you would like to see guys like KD and Kyrie shoot um, in the playoffs. So it's it's like it was a tough pill to swallow to watch these Nets games, but at the same time, you know, I think for me. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what KD looks like when he gets back, right? And, like, the,
0: and the combo between KD and Kyrie is going to be interesting. Yeah,
2: if anything, for the drama, right?
0: And see who is the third uh, leg, right? Either uh, is either Thinwiddie yeah. or Karis, LaVert, right? That's right. Um, okay, guys,
2: what
1: about the Raptors? What did we learn about the Raptors after they'd swept the Nets? I don't personally think that. It was surprising given the fact that the, the Nets, what what the Nets had. Yeah. But I think that the fact that there's really no bonafide all-star in that team, like a superstar, not all-star, but right. they have two all-star. Mm-hmm. But then there's no bonafide uh, superstar. I think they really played well throughout the season. And at this point, I'm really not surprised to see them going into the Eastern Conference was final you know? and even challenge Milwaukee to a game six, game seven sure it's milwaukee or
2: or miami or or miami
1: Miami. but um you know the consensus at this point is milwaukee versus raptors yeah but you know if you if you pit boston versus toronto player for player you will never choose toronto but yet they just keep shutting putting wins in your face
2: and I think that's a real big credit to mm-hmm. our Coach of the Year for this year, right? Nick like Nurse, right? Yeah. I mean, when the sum of the parts is greater than the actual just parts.
0: So um, this Toronto team actually yeah. made me think of the 2014 or 2015 Atlanta Atlanta Hawks. So the team is really balanced. But then when Atlanta Hawks came to the Eastern Conference Final against LeBron James, they got killed by LeBron James. So if... Let's say Toron- this Toronto team actually get to the conference final. I believe either Milwaukee or let's say Miami, because these two teams have Giannis, have Jimmy Butler, they have that that the go-to guy. That go-to guy will kill
1: Toronto. I I think if you if you ask me to compare teams from the past, I put this team more like a 2004 Detroit Piston. Detroit. Oh, okay. That that that's fair. Because I, I think previously, right. Toronto got killed by LeBron James is because the Rosen was the one. Which, okay. you know, I'm pumping your tires a, a little bit right now. Okay. But I think they really transformed to another team where it's more like a team game okay. plus Siakam.
0: Okay.
2: So Fair. like I will say I think these the Raptors players are playing with a certain swagger about them. Okay. Right? It's not just Siakam. When you're watching Lowry play, okay. like he is playing like he's a champion. Okay. Like he's got that swagger about him. He's very confident in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like he's putting his fingerprints all over the game. Okay. Like the games, all of the games against the Nets, like you knew Lowry was going to be a factor. And I think that their whole team has that aura about them. Um, and I know this is something that's kind of really weird and vague to describe, but I think that you need that kind of confidence when you're going into a series against a formidable opponent, in this case, the Boston Celtics, right?
0: So for I have to pick up one player that to, to compliment him a little bit in Toronto Raptiles. I don't watch Reptiles game a lot, but I only uh, read the, the score. Uh, Ipaka is actually playing really well once in a while, even though he's not the starting but his stat is like uh, double double, double double, like twenty point yeah. ten rebounds. That's yeah. amazing. But
1: he's getting paid like a double double guy too, right? Well like, I mean, just just because he wasn't playing as well before, and it's good to see a improvement. Um, but um, just piggyback on what James was saying, I think you know how we see how we saw uh, Carmelo transformed from like a what he thinks he's a star player to a role player. I think Raptors, each of the player really, really know their role. And there's no big egos involved.
2: And it's not like when Kawhi left, there was just this void, right? Because you have guys like OG who was coming back healthy to fill that hole right. and then also Norm Powell stepped up this season and got better right Right. so there are players who have been developing who have gotten better so it's not necessarily that it was a significant drop off from last year's team like I think me going into the season I thought that the Raptors weren't going to be as good and I will admit that I was wrong about that okay. also because Siakam stepped it up so that was good right. um, okay let's talk about uh, let's actually head out west oh wait Let's talk about the Boston Celtics real quick. Okay. Um, anybody surprised with how
1: they handled the Sixers, how good they were? I would say they handled the Sixers pretty well because the Sixers folded before the series started.
2: Well, I, like, for me, I was thinking, like, going into the series, oh, Embiid is totally going to dominate Tice, who's, like, 6'8". Embiid's, what, seven seven one, Right. And he's, like, much bigger right. and much more talented. But, like, he didn't really. Like, they had double teams coming from all the blind spots. Um, their perimeter guys played lights out. They were amazing. Kemba was hitting timely shots. Tatum was just, like, you know how some shots just look so easy for some players, like KD. Whenever KD shoots, even though the shot in real life is so hard, like right. it just looks so easy, Tatum has a little bit of
1: that. Okay. I think the issue that uh, Boston would have is the fact that I think the sweep of the Sixers, it's going to turn out pretty bad for them just because they think it's so easy. When you face the Raptors and with with all the players who can score and defend as a team, they're gonna run into big issues. And you know, the fact that Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're still young. You mm-hmm. know, when 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 they face adversity, what what are they gonna do? They they haven't gone through that yet. Because they were the underdog, right? Right. Now they I would say they are pretty even as far as odds are concerned. Uh So does that mean you are calling the Raptors to win that series? Yeah, I'm calling Raptors to win that series in a six-game series.
0: Interesting. So what about you, James?
1: Uh, I probably call Raptors in seven.
0: I take Boston in six.
2: Interesting. You're calling the Celtics. Yeah, but see, he always calls it (laughs) wrong anyways. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's head out west. Um, Okay, so Lakers up 3-1 on the Blazers. A couple of different updates there. So one, uh, you know, the Lakers are missing some key players, but... The Blazers are now too. Right. So Dame is out for game five um, because of a knee issue. Right. Uh, the the Blazers have also already ruled out Zach Collins for the remainder of the playoffs. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so looks like it's
1: just going to be CJ, Mello, and Nurkic for the Blazers who are mainly the guys carrying the team. Um, yeah, I wouldn't spend too much time talking about that series. I think it's yeah. over, especially with with or without Dame, I think the series is pretty much over. Yeah, without Dame, you don't even have to talk about it.
2: Well, I think what happened was like the Lakers just needed to unlock the puzzle after Game One, right. and once they kind of figured out how to defend Dame, how to get the ball out of his and CJ's hands, like you could see them kind of rolling more, and that's kind of what's wor- what we're going to see going forward. So I, I I agree. I call like Lakers probably in five. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it went 6. Okay, I'll lose a beer to you. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Okay, okay. Um, right now, the Denver Nuggets are playing the Utah Jazz. Uh, they are just about at the end of the third quarter. The Jazz are up 86 to the Nuggets 82. Uh, at the series, the Jazz are up 3-1. So, guys, real quick, that's surprising to me because I didn't expect... The the duos of the respective teams, props to Wolf for bringing this up, like if I had to pick between Jokic and Murray or Gobert and Mitchell, I would have picked Denver's duo over Utah's duo. But that's clearly not what's playing out.
1: Yeah, and I think obviously the, the um, game two, I think it was Murray and Mitchell both scoring 50 points. Yeah. That game really showed... Utah being our elite team because basically what they're doing is they have like a they they have like a ban a quote unquote Ben Wallace plus like a Michael Jordan right now. I'm I'm not comparing Michael <laughs> Jordan to Mitchell. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm I'm saying you have like a elite score okay. who really can't defend. That well, okay. but you have a Gobert who is still a top-of-the-tier defender versus a Swiss Army Knife in Jokic and a on-and-off Murray. So the other thing that surprises me with that
2: is, like, if you're looking at the matchups, I thought that Jokic would dominate like, Gobert. But yes. Right? And that's just, like, Gobert had a game where he had 20 points by, like, the half. So that's like, that's the way they're using Gobert is very good for him. And they don't have Bogdanovich.
0: So uh, to me, I think before the series start, I think uh, the favorite is on the Denver side. I think more more people will think Denver will advance in this series. But the turning point on this series actually, to me, is Conley. The Conley is actually playing really well. It's out of. People's expectation because during the season and and in the bubble he's not as performing as the Grizzly Conley, which make a lot of people disappointed. But in this series, okay, he I, I think he averaged at least twenty points and hit at least two or three three point a game. That changed the game, I think.
2: Yeah, so that's true. There's that and then there's also like the Nuggets have some issues with their starting lineup. So they have actually changed things up quite a few times. They started off the series with Michael Porter Jr. in their starting five, and then I believe that they had, um, who was it? They had PJ Dozier maybe in their starting five as well, and now they've kind of switched things up. So Jeremy Grant is in their starting five, Porter's coming off the bench. Oh, they had Craig in their starting lineup. So basically they're trying to rejig their whole roster on the fly here because things aren't working and they're losing a lot. Which signals to me that, hey, there are some legit issues with that roster construction, at least in terms of readiness for the playoffs right now. Um,
1: I think at the end, I, th- I think this game is good. I, I, right now it's 86-82, right? I think Denver is going to pull this out. Yeah. And then Utah is going to finish it okay. in game six.
2: So you think Jazz in six?
1: I think Jazz in six.
2: What do you think? Saris?
1: I think Jazz will finish this game. Yeah, Jazz and Five?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be Jazz and Five too. But either way, I think it sounds like we're all agreed the Jazz are going to pull this one off. Yeah, and let's.
1: I'm I'm actually, sorry, I'm actually surprised uh, with. This whole uh, Mitchell Gobert thing—it really didn't look it, like it affected them much.
2: And apparently, they're still not like on really, really good terms. Like there was an article that was released at ESPN about that. Like they are still like not really great friends. But basketball is basketball. And they're able to keep things just kind of on the court.
0: And Mitchell played like uh, I don't know. You call it because in history only two players uh, can get fifty point couple times in a series. It's either Michael Jordan and Um,
2: What about, okay, so we have two other series to talk about. We've got Houston, OKC. Both are at two games apiece. So basically, we're starting from scratch in a three-game series. Uh, What we have so far is Russell Westbrook has not played a single game, and it doesn't look like he's suiting up for game five either. Um, On the other hand, uh, the OKC Thunder are basically at full health. Um, what do we think,
0: guys? So, as we talked about this before. We expect this matchup will be, like, really exciting. So, but, uh, for the first two games, like, Houston get two game, uh going. Yeah. I was really worried they got swept. But, you know, as I expected, this series is, as I expected, uh, go to game seven. Well, I, I'm,
1: I'm actually, I'm, I, I'm actually not surprised the fact that they're a 2-2 because, basically, Rocket, for the last two games, they shot, themselves in the foot not because okc was playing well because you you live and die by the three and that's what exactly what they did mm-hmm. they live the first two games and die the next two games so the, the remaining series or the re, um, even if they advance the next opponent that's what they're gonna do harden will do their harden thing sometimes he's gonna have an off night sometimes he's gonna have a crazy night Yeah, that's
2: true. So in the last game, the Houston Rockets, they shot 58 three-pointers, and they made 23 of them, right? Which is a good amount, which makes for almost 40%. But there was a stretch towards the end where they missed a whole bunch of three-pointers consecutively. They just couldn't buy a basket, and they weren't getting to the rim. And Houston doesn't play that middle ground, right? So there's no mid-rangers. So... Here's the thing, like a lot of NBA talking heads out there are like, hey, why don't the Rockets add that like mid-range game, game. right? Have Harden like post up or step back from the mid-range and try and get some buckets that way. But here's my issue with that is the whole year they haven't
1: been doing that. And for them to start it in the playoffs, it's too late. Hmm. And you talk about top tier opponent compared to... Like I'm just surprised how they weren't doing that even when they're winning games. They should test out that formula a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Have some players who does low posts, like like James was saying. Test out. Hey, can we change this in 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 the event that you know our three points are not shooting? Mm-hmm. Well, who can pay low post in for in Houston? Well,
2: Harden can, right? Because okay. Harden is like a pretty strong guy. Russ plays the post, but he's not playing yet. Um, and that's it. Like, all their other guys are shooters, right?
1: And I don't think they should put Harden on the t- at the top of the key every single position. He can play on the side and just abuse the opponent player from the sideline too, right? And drive in and get like a 2 and one type of scenario. So is Respo is coming back in game five?
2: No, he's not. So far, uh, from what we've heard,
0: and game five is tomorrow,
2: uh, he's not playing.
0: Okay, He's
1: not suiting up. Um, I don't see how Rocket will lose that game.
2: So you, w- what do we think the series is going to go at? Do we think that? So I think that it's going to be still Rockets. Okay. But seven, it's seven. looking like.
1: Yeah. I would say six, close six.
2: Okay.
0: So then I have to pick OKC in seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? Cyrus <laughs> <laughs> being Cyrus, <Saris>, obviously.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, so we've got, we're down to our last series. So it's the Clippers and the Mavs. They're both tied two games apiece. Same thing, right? So basically, it's a three game series. Right. Uh, So you've got a couple of things heading into game five, which is today. Uh, Number one, uh, poor Zingis is not going to play game five. What happened to him? Oh, man. Uh, It's sounding like it's some kind of knee issue. Okay. Um, And he was a late scratch in the last game. Okay. right because everybody like it for game four everybody's like oh is Luca gonna play because he rolled his ankle really badly and he played and he's the hero yeah he won them that game right that was incredible um but this next game so um Porzingis isn't going to play um and for the Clippers side as far as we know like there's still not going to be Beverly mm-hmm. um but also I mean
1: is PG going to show up right I think tomorrow's game or tonight's game, Clippers is going to win at least by 10, if not 15. Interesting. Okay. Because I think either poor George is going to bounce back, which I'm not really putting a lot of egg in that basket, but I think Quiet and Do Will is going to dominate today. Without KP, I'm not saying KP. KP is one of the big pieces in Dallas, but I think at some point, they're gonna expose Luca's injury. Okay. They're gonna because of the of the coach dog. I think at some point they're gonna force Luca to aggravate the injury a little bit. So, it's uh, is Luca gonna get triple double tonight? No,
2: no, I don't think so. I think actually tonight. Like, I feel like he's gonna have a lot of responsibility, so he's probably gonna have higher turnovers, I would Mm. say. Okay, um, but he's also gonna be higher scoring. Like, this guy has broken records, right? He has the highest scoring, um, first few games of a playoffs ever in his career,
1: right? Um, and so this kid is special. I think if, um, if you see Kawhi stepping it up and calling, um, Luka as a defensive. Person, mm-hmm. you're still gonna see Luca scoring, you know, the mid 30s, mm-hmm. but at a very low percentage. If Kawhi is actually showing he's the leader of the team by calling him as the main defensive a, person, that would be interesting. Yeah, because I don't think for the for the series they've been switching a lot on Luca, but if Kawhi actually calls it, he's gonna like Lock. shut him down like he shut down LeBron James.
2: Unless, so in that last play of the last game, what happened was Kawhi had Luka, and then they switched off with Dude. Reggie Jackson. <laughs> and that's how Luka got the shot up. I agree that if Kawhi stayed on or er, on Luka, he probably wouldn't have gotten the same look. Right? right. It probably wouldn't have gone in. But I think that whatever scheme they have for the players to switch off like that, like, that's not good.
1: Right. I think that was the coach's fault.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yet... Rivers was the one blaming his guys, saying that they weren't emotionally strong, right? So after the game, he's like saying that, oh, you know, we should have been stronger mentally for that. Um, okay,
1: so with the prediction, I still think Clippers in six. I, I, yeah, Clippers in six.
2: See, I say Clippers in seven only because I really, like I've always wanted this particular series to go seven. What if tonight Dallas win the game? I still say Clippers in seven because I think that there's a cumulative effect of like KP not being in. Um, I think that KP is a much bigger loss than uh, Beverly. Right. And ultimately, like to Will's point, PG is going to show up at some point. Hopefully. Like
1: this is not going to be the whole series. He's already had three games of like terrible shooting. If PG doesn't show up the series, even if they win, they're done. Yeah. The next series.
2: Yeah. Okay. Like, they're not going to make it past whoever the winner of Utah-Denver is. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, that's us running through all of the series so far. Uh, Just before we sign off, a couple of quick things. So, we have the Utah-Denver with Denver leading Utah in a close game, 92-90, with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, Also, a quick shout-out to some notable Canadian basketball players out there. So, Jamal Murray dropped that 50-piece. But I think more should be given to more more attention should be given to Lou Dort of the OKC Thunder who's the guy who's guarding James Harden this whole time this guy is not at all an offensive player but in terms of defense like he's making it so that the the Thunder don't have to double Harden on the catch okay. and that's a really big deal
1: yeah and I watch him play a little bit he can actually defense he can defend and he can actually use both 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 hands yeah yeah when, when he drives
2: so this this kid is good on that side of the ball okay. and he
1: was signed for 5.5 for four years yeah oh. yeah because he came from
2: the g league yeah okay. um yeah
0: okay all right so any last thoughts uh shout to Giannis. he's the defensive player of this year oh that's right good point point. and he may be the mvp too
2: yeah he's likely the mvp and then we'll wait to find out about most improved and rookie of the year All right, uh, so this is James signing off for Stir Fry, Let It Fly. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you. See ya.